one of 10 active Division I men's basketball coaches with a Natty Championship. The comeback champs cannot be denied. Viva la Alamo! A happy and jubilant Tubby Smith. 18 NCAA tournament appearances, dozens of conference and national coach of the year awards, an Olympic gold medal with Team USA. I'm at that stage in my career, nothing surprises me. Everywhere we've been, we've left programs in better shape than we found them. From his alma mater, High Point University. Here, Dr. Bain call up and say, you know, Tubby, we want you to come home, put things in perspective. This is the Tubby Smith Show with legendary head coach, Tommy Smith, and DV, Darren Vaught. All right, welcome in. It's the Tubby Smith Show. As BDOT, our guy in the introduction, so eloquently and excitedly said, I'm Darren Vaught, and uh, I'm joined today, of course, by the legendary coach, Tubby Smith, via Zoom this time, though. But so I can see him, and I see that he's growing out the Movember mustache. I'm excited about that. Uh, and we're joined by uh, a special guest, as always, an old coaching friend of yours, Tubby. In this case, it is Bobby Kremens. Many years, at, uh, as you guys were, were talking about, prior meetings head-to-head with one another. Um, Georgia Tech, probably most prominently in the ACC, College of Charleston as well. And, and Bobby, I know you've been around the block uh, a number of other places as well. Uh, before, after, and in between those two. So, um, Bobby, I think I, I think Tubby and I have have gotten to start most of these just with a general "How are you?" Right? I mean, life in 2020 sort of constitutes. You guys, I know, hadn't seen each other in a while. I told you we've interacted for many years, and I don't think I've ever seen each other face to face. So, uh, a, a general hope you're doing well. How are you? Uh, and we'll get this thing started. What's life been like for you in this year, 2020, you know, basketball and otherwise? Uh, thank you, Darren. Uh, life's been great. Um, I live in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I've been t- retired now. I, I retired um, officially in 2012 uh, from College of Charleston. I coached there for six years. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still involved with basketball. I'm on an NCAA committee. Uh, I miss coaching. I miss, um, you know, all the great coaches like Tubby that are such close friends. Um, but um, I'm worried about the game right now uh, with everything going on. But me personally, um, I've been blessed. I have a great life. Uh, my wife saved our money. And, um, and uh, you know, I couldn't be more happier. Well, good. Thank God, Carolyn's taking care of your finances for you, man. And, and you know what? You and I both have a face made for radio and podcasts. Good thing we're not on a <laughs> Zoom. But you're good looking. You've always been a good looking Irishman. You know I mean? <laughs> but, but Tubby, uh, Tubby I've, always, I, I've always enjoyed you, Tubby. Uh, we've known each other a long time. Long time. I know a lot about your background. And, um, and I watch you become a great coach. Um, I watched you throughout the years, and one of my best friends, George Felton, he was with you when you won a national championship at Kentucky, and um, wow. I know how close you and George are. We love and it. So I've known a lot about you throughout the years through George Felton. You worked for him as an assistant at South Carolina, yep. and you got to know my my mentor, my college coach, Frank McGuire. Yeah, we have a lot and in I, common. You, 
Yeah, you told me a lot of Frank McGuire stories. And <laughs> I forgot to mention to Darren, I, I'm writing a book uh, in the spare time. I've been writing a book a lot about Coach McGuire. Good. So um, it brings yeah. back a lot of good memories. Well, you, you, we have a lot of threads that, that, in, that run through us. And, and you mentioned George, and I just talked with George. We stay in touch. And you know, I don't know if I know a better man than George felt. Really, he, he's a one of the most giving people I've ever been around. And when I was his assistant at, at South Carolina with Eddie Payne and who we have Joe Dooley and we had a, we had a great staff there, I thought, um, Scott and Joe, but it was, you know, I got, I got to meet you also through, I think before that, I think Gene Littles who played here at High Point, who was your assistant at Appalachian State. So we have a lot of people that we, that we know a lot of things in common. Yeah, I became the head coach of Appalachian State in 1975. Um, uh, uh, and um, and um, the, my athletic director, Tubby, um, Jim Jones, he said, you know, he would love to have a, uh, a black assistant coach. They never had one at Appalachian yeah. State. And um, I played in college with Tommy Owens. And I grew up with Tommy Owens, a, an All-American in South Carolina. And I was talking to Tommy one day, and um, he hit one of his teammates with the Carolina Cougars was yeah. Gene Littles. Yeah. And Gene was retiring from the Carolina Cougars and looking to get into coaching. So Tommy Owens hooked us up. Hi. And Gene came up to Boone, North Carolina, and he accept, accepted the position. And then George Felton was our graduate assistant. Wow. Uh, Gene Littles was a great player at High Point. He's a great guy, Tubby, just a wonderful yeah. guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. He was my first, uh, my, my first full-time assistant um, really? as a head coach. I was only allowed one full-time assistant at Appalachian State. And you and Gene was a great recruiter. Yeah. I lost him to um, North Carolina A&T. He became the head coach there. And he was building a great program, Tubby. Yeah. But back then, the, the black colleges, they just didn't have the funds. Right. And I, all they had to do was just give him some more money for his budget to recruit. And I'm telling you, Gene Littles, well, he was rocking it all. He was, well, you, you, you did a remarkable job at App State to, to turn that program around. And, and everywhere you've been, I mean, you've been a, a builder of programs and and you, you, the longevity is the key. You've stayed in this business now. How, how long were you coaching, Bobby? How long I was a head coach 31 years. 31 years. Uh, yeah. yeah, I took I left Georgia Tech in 2000, and I was going to take a year or two off, and it wound up taking six years off. Sure. Um, I came down here to Hilton Head. Life was great. I was doing TV. I kind of regret that. Um, I really felt like I should have um, jumped right back into it, at least yeah. maybe take one year off and jump back in. Yeah. But life was good. Uh, the, everything was going great. And I was enjoying life. So I did not take some of the opportunities that were offered to me. Mm -hmm. And then what happened in 2006, um, the College of Charleston job opened up. And Greg Marshall, Greg Marshall, yeah. uh, the great coach at Wichita State, he was at Winthrop and he took the job. He, he was assistant coach there under John Cress at the College yeah. of Charleston. Mm -hmm. And he accepted the job. And Tubby, um, um, he stayed there for 48 hours and 
and I was in my car. Really? And when I heard the news that uh, he pulled a Bobby Kremins and he left <laughs> college of Boston, and he went back to um, he went back to um, Winthrop. And then they called me and they said, "Would you like to come?" And I said, "Yes, I definitely would love to come." Great. And so I went to College of Charleston for six years, and that that was great. That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you a quick College of Charleston story, Tubby. When I got the job, uh, we needed some money. We needed a, a we needed to play a a, a big time school for some money. And you don't remember this, but I called you, and I said, Tubby, I, I need a game. And you said to me, uh, you only had certain dates opened up. And you gave me the dates, and I filled one of those dates. I said, Tubby will come on this date if you'll play me. Yeah. And you were so great. You were so great because we needed the money, and playing Kentucky, I thought, would be a big thing. And you gave me a game. Now, I had to squeeze the game in. <laughs> but we, we had to take a bus, believe it or not, Tubby. We took a bus from Charleston to Lexington, Kentucky to play you. <laughs> And oh, but you got, but you got to play in Rupp Arena. <laughs> yeah. After you kicked our butt, we jumped on the bus, Tubby, and we took the bus back to Charleston, South Carolina. I couldn't walk for a week, Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, well, you had a chance to go to the horse parks, the thorough, see the yeah. thorough, yeah. Kingland. Yeah, it was a good experience yeah. for you and the team, right? Yeah, oh, and we, we made some good money. Yeah. It was a great experience. Sweet. I wish we had a little bit better. I wish we would have given you a better game. You beat us up pretty good. But the thrill, wow. you know, to have Kentucky on our schedule. I used it for recruiting. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I always appreciated you stepping up for me and doing that. Well, that's one of the things we can probably talk about, recruiting, Bobby. Because, you know, I just Darren, you have something maybe you want to – chime in here. Yeah, no, we have for, a list of questions you might want to ask, but um, but we're just having a conversation here. and For sure. I was going to let it go. You know what I mean? I get that. This is Tubby. I've told you this. Two gray-haired guys like us, but Bobby's is natural. Mine is just coming along now. <laughs> Mine is old age. Bobby's had gray hair. You've had that gray hair since you were born? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, no, you but I, you know what? I joke with you, Tubby. This is the easiest money I'll ever make, Bobby, because I just get him on the horn with someone else with decades and decades of experience. And for me, I'm just listening. And I'm, I'm fascinated. Sometimes I get lost in it, and uh, I might have a question or two here. Um, let, I guess with the six years off, Bobby, especially sort of going down a level, because that was between Georgia Tech and you had been calling games in the ACC specifically, too, during that time, you know, that's a great example of you having been there at both levels in, in a major conference in a, in a big city like Atlanta, and then, you know, coaching somewhere like you did at App State, like you did at, at College of Charleston. And Tubby and I talk about this a lot, sort of just the different levels of, of recruiting. Um, I, I, did, you, did you find it an adjustment given both the jump down in, in competition as well as um, with the time off, the six years off, did you, did anything, and it might not even be recruiting, did anything sort of like jar you when you came back? No, I was realistic. You know, I had coached in the Southern Conference before at Appalachian State. Um, the one funny story I have when I went back to coaching, 
um, my assistants, they wanted, you know, recruiting, they wanted me to make some phone calls to some kids. And they were trying to prep me because I was out for six years. And I looked at them and I said, hey, guys, I know how to recruit. Just give me the kid's phone number. <laughs> so the first kid I called, Darren, the first kid, I said, I said, hey, I'm Bobby Kremens, head coach at Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my assistants, they said, no, no, no you're no. at college in Charleston. You're not at Georgia Tech. <laughs> hey, you can imagine how many times I've said, University of Memphis, or University of Minnesota, or even University of Kentucky, you know, because yeah. I move so much. That's part of, I guess, what you... I've Toby, got... I think you should lead with that every time and be like, oh, no, 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 never mind. That's where I won a national championship, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Yeah. But, Bobby, you've done, you've had a, a unbelievable career. You know, we've gotten to do a lot of things, um, the experiences that you've had as a an excellent college player for, for the great Frank McGuire. You had some great teams. Tell us about that experience. You know, just we're playing for Coach McGuire. Yeah, Tubby, my first love was playing basketball. I grew up in the Bronx, New York, and it was like a, a, a melting pot of nationalities. And um, the black kids all played basketball. And I was like, at times, the only white kid in the schoolyard with them. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just loved being with them playing with them and getting better playing against them. And I was fortunate. I got a scholarship to high school, a Catholic high school, all hollows. I went to prep school in Frederick Military Academy in Portsmouth, Virginia. And then Frank McGuire saw me play by accident. He was looking at somebody else. And I had a great game. And he offered me a scholarship to come south. And in 1965, I went, I went south to Columbia, South Carolina to play for the Gamecocks and the great Frank McGuire. Yeah. And Tubby, he built a great program oh. there. It was unbelievable. Uh, he, of course, he had, he had been a head coach at St. John's. He won a national championship in North Carolina. Yeah. He left North Carolina, uh, but before he left North Carolina, he hired Dean Smith as an assistant coach. And Dean Smith took over. Yeah. He coached Will Chamberlain for a year in uh, Philadelphia. And Coach Gwai had a down, down Syndrome son, and he didn't want to travel anymore. Yeah. And then the University of South Carolina job opened up. Yeah. And it was a big deal. It was a big deal yeah. for, the, for the city of Columbia and the University of South Carolina to have a national championship coach yeah. come to Columbia. And we were in the ACC at that time. And he was a man, Tubby, he was a man like the godfather. He, he had a lot of class. Yeah. He loved he, he loved dressing um, to the you know up to the nines tens. He um, why are you following those footsteps in dressing? You know, <laughs> I, never, I, never, I never got into dress like Coach McGuire. I wanted to look nice, but I was more sloppy. You know, he was. Uh, he had the beautiful suits. Oh yeah, the, the, pins, the you know the the alligator shoes. Hey. and he was um, he was just such a classy man, and yeah. we all looked up to him. We were scared of him, Tubby. He was like the godfather. Yeah. He, had a, he had a good Irish temper. He, uh, he was a great game coach. His strength was game coaching. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, in practice, you know, he didn't get into the drills. Yeah. He, uh, he talked a lot. He, um, he wanted to scrimmage. 
and he would stop the scrimmages and then correct us. Okay. Um, but come game time, he was a great bench coach. He knew how to work the officials. <laughs> one quick story, um, one official was really not doing well, and I was the captain of the team. He <laughs> called me over, and he said, Bobby, uh, I want you to go tell that official that he's a lousy SOB. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he can't, he's doing a terrible job officiating. So I went over to the official. I didn't say the exact words of Coach McGuire. And I was a little bit more diplomatic. So a few plays later, Coach McGuire says, did you tell him what I told you to tell him? Said, yes, sir, I did, Coach. He said, no, you didn't. If, if you had told him what I said, you would, we would have gotten the, te the technical. <laughs> <laughs> so so he bobby he was using you as his shield like you guys you guys wouldn't do that as a coach right right hey, you know <laughs> he gave me the best advice coach mcguire because we used to spend time together uh, going to lunch and so when i was in a position to become i left when i left south carolina with george felton i went to kentucky as assistant coach on rick patino and and then later I got a head coaching job at Tulsa, but I remember seeing him for the, in um, in Charlotte. The last time I saw Coach McGuire was at the Final Four in Charlotte. He was in the wheelchair with his love with um, what's wife's uh, his wife's Jane Jane Jane. So Jane, Jane. and and I was asking him an advice. I said, "What advice would you give me? Yeah, becoming a head coach at the college level?" He said, "His first thing was image." You know, Bob, he said, he said, you know, you see how I dress? He said, that's the image I want to present. And then that's, you know, cufflinks, you know, the alligator shoes. He said, dress sharp, you know, dress like, you know, dress for success type. I said, oh, that's pretty cool. He said, and he was worried about more about branding. You know, people talk about branding now, but he was, that's what he was about. You've got to have a, a certain personality, a certain image that people want to gravitate to. And I took that for him, you know, and that's how I dress. I try to be sharp and, and be there. Then he said, you got to have a philosophy or a system that you know inside and out. He said, me, you know, I, I was a good bench coach. He told me that. He said, I, I like playing zone defense, two, three zone, and, and I was going to get good players. And um, so, and then the third one, he said, the boy don't, he said, um, he said that, that philosophy has to be sell to your players, the fans, recruit. Uh, it's got to be a winning philosophy, a winning system. And then he said, you got to you get your first job. Don't win too many games too soon. <laughs> 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 I said, why? He said, because they expect you to do it every year. So I mean, you, he said, Greg, you take over a tough program like Bobby, you did at App State and Georgia Tech. Those programs were horrible when you took over. And and you built a obviously you had a good teacher in in uh in Coach McGuire as well. But I just want to share. Bobby, how, how Bobby, uh, how how jealous are you of Tubby not having to suit up for this season? Do you ever wish that you did you had seasons like that when you were in it? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I love listening to Tubby about Coach McGuire, yeah. and um, you know he you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And um, he's a big part of my book. And so, um, 
I'll make sure that he, yeah, his memory will be yeah, honored. A good. lot of people forget that South Carolina was in the ACC. And um, that bothers me sometimes. Uh, Frank Martin's doing a great job there now. And, of course, they're in the SEC. They were independent for a long time. Yeah. But um, I want them to uh, never forget the history of the Frank McGuire and them being in the ACC. Let's take a quick time out with Planet Smoothie. Be sure to energize your day with the official drink of the High Point Panthers, Planet Smoothie, the best tasting smoothie on the planet. A big thanks to Planet Smoothie for being a proud supporter of High Point Athletics as well as the Tubby Smith Show. Well, and, and staying on that, this is something I, I think both of you could speak to. My curiosity has peaked when, when, Bobby, you talk about an influence like Frank McGuire. And Tubby, I've heard you talk about your coaching influences as well. Did you, did you know when you were playing for him at South Carolina that you, you might want to get into coaching? I mean, when did that really start to click for, for each of you uh, as players? Hey, this is something I might want to continue to do based on what I'm seeing from, from these people that have meant so much to me. Yeah, for me, Darren, um, you know, I, I wanted to play professional basketball. I did not want to coach. And the, the, coaching, the coaching clicked on for me it's when Bones McKinney at Wake Forest, when he cut me from the Carolina Cougars. <laughs> um, I then tried out for the 1972 Olympics, and I got cut by um, Hank Iba. And, um, and then if I finally realized that, you know what, uh, I'm not going to be a professional basketball player. And that's when I first started to think about coaching. Tell me, what about you? Well, you know, I, you know, Bobby, I knew I was going to teach and coach when I was in the ninth grade. Wow. And as long as God's truth, I, um, I had just witnessed between integration that had just taken place in Southern Maryland. I was at George Washington Carver, which is all black school. And then Great Mills High School was all white school. That summer, between my freshman and sophomore year. Now, first, my freshman, the guy who taught my dad and let me play basketball, who just passed away last fall. Cecil Short was my first organized basketball coach. And I was in, it was at all black school. I was in the ninth grade. This is in 1965, 64-5. You were going to college. So then in 66, you know what happened during that spring? Texas Western beat Kentucky with an all black starting five. And I, that was the first game, the first college game I saw on TV. It was played at, at, at um, University of Maryland, University of Maryland, Cole Fieldhouse. And that's like where all the state tournament, high school state tournament games were played. So being a high school player, I thought, man, and my, my oldest brother, who's 10 years old, I was a, a teacher and a coach. I mean, a teacher wasn't a coach. So I knew everything I did from that point on was to prepare myself to coach. And I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted to be around the game. And, and I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to play here at High Point. And I had some great guys that are, you know, outstanding coaches like Bob Vaughn, who took High Point to a national championship game. Uh, they lost in NAI when Gene Littles was here. Then I played, and, and he was from Maryland. Bob Vaughn was in the, then I played for J.D. Barnett, who I worked for for six years at VCU. And then I played for the legendary, um, he's really a guy who's still having the, you know, he's Jerry Steele. You probably, you probably coached against Jerry Steele at some point in time because 
he was at High Point for 30 some years, but he also, he was a co he was Bones McKinney's assistant coach for the Carolina Cougars. That's correct. Uh, Tubby, he actually took the Appalachian State job before I did. That's right. He went up there for a week in Boone, North Carolina, and he didn't like it. And he, he went back. That's right. Huh. That's, that's right. He did, didn't he? I, I, I forgot that. He, so he, that, that really interests me because, I, I, Tubby, you talk as if, you know, even as a player, you knew whenever oh, yeah. your time was, was done. Yeah. So, so you probably, as a, a, a freshman in high school at that point, were even like, you know, just a little more observant about how coaches well, were doing things. Well, and I wasn't really – I was focused on everything because I played football in high school, I played basketball, ran track, I played baseball, and I didn't care which sport. I just wanted to coach because it got me off the farm to start with. <laughs> Working my butt off, that, that, that helped. That I could just, so I just immerse myself in, in doing that. But no, Bobby, I want, what was, Bobby, you, you're, you know, we've been to a lot of, you, I know you coached in the Olympics. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, that was great. Um, what happened, Tubby, um, I had coached at USA Basketball. I had done a few stops. I was Lou Olson's assistant and the 1985 World Game. Yeah, God and rest then, his soul. What a great man, Lute Olson. Uh, yeah. you know, great coach, too. And then I was the head coach of the USA qual uh, World Qualification mm -hmm. team. Um, uh, Les Robinson was my assistant. Okay. And, um, and uh, Bobby Knight's um, assistant coach. Um, oh, boy, I can't think of his name right now. Um, a black guy from Savannah. Right. Um, he Joe B. Wright. Joby Wright. Yeah. Joe, That's Joe. a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. And so because of work, I, working with USA Basketball, um, what happened, the Olympics, when they, when they went professionally, no more college players, they decided to keep two college coaches um, as part of the Olympics. And the first, the first dream team won. The two college coaches were uh, Mike Krzyzewski and P.J. Colissimo. And they were assistants for um, for um, the head coach was um, um, Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly, yeah. Right. And then Dream Team Two, the head coach was Lenny Wilkins, and the assistant coach Jerry Sloan. And then the two college coaches were Clem Haskins from Minnesota okay. and myself. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's how it all evolved. And, um, you know, being around the pros was really something. Um, the worst mistake I made one day, Tubby, I, 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 we were in Chicago training, and I, I just I, – I basically watched everything Lenny Wilkins did and tried to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I asked Lenny one day, I said, Lenny, I said, Coach, do you, you want me to officiate the scrimmages? <laughs> And tell me, that was the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> I bet those. <laughs> because the, the, the pros, they really took the, the scrimmaging seriously. Oh, oh. And um, everybody, you know, uh, Charles Barkley and I were friends. But Carl Malone, Carl Malone and Reggie Miller, they about, they about chewed my head off. <laughs> I would make a call, and Carl Malone was brutal. Brutal. 
I had to go to Jerry Sloan and I said, Jerry, you gotta help me. He's gonna kill me. I know he's gonna kill me. I, I begged Jerry Sloan to talk to Carl Malone, not to kill me. And then I begged Lenny Wilkins. I said, Coach, please don't let me officiate anymore. And, and finally, when we got to Orlando, um, Lenny Wilkins said, don't worry, once we get to Orlando, we're going to have, we're going to have international officials. And finally we got to Orlando and I, I was so relieved I didn't have to officiate anymore. <laughs> that's, that's funny because I had that experience you know, with guys like Kevin Garnett with that 2000 Olympic team, but you guys were in Atlanta for that. That was a, that was a tough Olympic that year with the bombing and, and everything that yeah. took place, but um, yeah. <laughs> but you guys won it and um, had a great time. We were in that 2000 with, with uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, and then Gene Cady was assistant and myself, along with Larry Brown. I mean, I know you guys because Coach Brown he played for um, he played for Coach Smith. No, he played for Coach uh, McGuire too, didn't he? Coach McGuire, yeah, yeah. he might have played one year for Dean Smith, I'm not sure. Okay. I knew you guys had played cross paths a lot there. But, Bobby, here's a – Darren, what else do we have to want to visit with? We've got a lot of things to talk about. Those yeah. I wanted to double down on the Olympic experience, Tubby, because you and I have talked I about want, this a, I want to a, talk a little about, bit. I want, to, I want to pick his brain about you know, recruiting and coaching in this day and time. I know you're not doing it, but you're, you're observing it. You've been to a lot of games, and, Bobby, I want you to come to a game and – if this COVID, this virus ever, we can ever break this pandemic, I'd love to have you uh, evaluate our team and, uh, and spend some time talking about it. What, what advice and, and what do you see the game going? I know you, we mentioned earlier you were just concerned about some things or worried about the game. From what aspect were you worried? Well, the biggest, the, the biggest thing, probably the biggest thing is to be off the court. You know, I'm on an NCAA committee. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's called the uh, Committee for Infractions. Oh, boy. I'm not allowed to be on any case um, that I know some people. I got to recuse myself. The NABC, the Coaches Association, actually put me on it. They're the ones that got me on it. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, so I learned a lot. So, But the NIL, the, the name, image, likeness, yeah. um, scares me, Tubby. Yeah. Um, I have not seen the, the model for it yet. I'm looking forward to looking at the model, but I'm very concerned about the NIL. Somewhere along the line, we dropped the ball. I, I thought with the cost of living expense, mm -hmm. um, we could really help the student athlete. Um, when I went to school, when you went to school, you know, we would get a stipend. Yeah. And everybody, you know, the NCAA didn't like the word stipend. I loved it. I loved it. And I yeah. always thought, I got fifteen dollars. How much you get? I always thought, yeah, huh? I got fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. That's what you're allowed to get. Yeah, I always thought that we should be giving the players a stipend. Yeah. Um, and then the cost of living expense, I thought, might be the answer. But now with this um, NIL, yeah. I'm just I I I'll wait until I see a model. Yeah. So I'm really concerned where we're going there. I hear. They're probably going to allow kids to transfer a one-year mm -hmm. transfer. Right. I don't like that. Yeah. I really don't. Um, the, the game is really changed in that regard. Recruiting now, 
one of the biggest assets in recruiting now is transfers, transfers. Yep. And everybody's got transfers on their team. Yep. And so that's okay. You didn't recruit a lot of transfers, did you? No, no. I did not. Yeah. They would usually come to me. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but on the court, you know, on the court, I think we're fine. I, I think we have great coaches, great coaches, great players. Uh, I, I'm shocked that we, we missed March Madness last year. And I hope and pray that we will have March Madness this year. I hate what it does to those um, athletes who have an opportunity. Look at the teams last year. I was looking so forward to watching Dayton. Yeah, I know. Wow. Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, Hofstra, Hofstra gets into the tournament for the yeah. first time in 20. And, you know, none, you, know, you know what the big thing it is, and none of those teams could participate in March Madness, which is the greatest thing. To me, March Madness is as great a sport event as there is in the history of sports. You're, you're right. And so, you know, I hope we can – and last year was in Atlanta. I was looking I so forward <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really concerned that we might not have another March Madness, which it's not yeah. going to kill the game, but it's going to be devastating to so many yeah. athletes, coaches – who, you know, I want them to have the same opportunity I had. Yeah. And to, to win a championship, a tournament, conference tournament championship, to get an automatic bid, to get in that large bid, it's, it's a thrill of a lifetime. Yeah, it's exhilarating. And I, I really hope we will have a March Madness. I, I pray we have a season. That's what I'm yeah. praying for. We've been, we've been hit by this virus. We've had a number of our players test positive we've had a number of them quarantined we've only had eight practices full practice so that means wow. that we only we're only going to have 22 practices before our first game against davison on november 25th wow and so it's and i have a very young team we have one senior who's been here for, and we have we actually have two senior one gives a fifth year transfer from livingstone but I, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can get this season in because yeah, I'm on this ad hoc committee with guys like Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim, And we've been discussing this from since this pandemic started. We've been on the calls for, since May. And, and uh, you know, in the NCAA, you're right. I, I, you brought up a lot of subjects and areas that are concerns for me as well. The, the one-time transfer – with no repercussions. I mean, that it's killing the mid-level schools like High Point. We had two of our kids leave last year. That would have so we ended up having a losing season. And we could have we could have competed for the for the Big South championship. One went to Purdue and one went to Cal Berkeley or Cal yeah. So I'm like, and they were good players. Uh, and that's that's what's happening in the game and that's it's a real a real concern. I um, and the NIL, the name, image and likeness, I don't think it's gonna affect us at this level like it will at the power five level you know what i mean bobby well, well yeah. and i th i think it's interesting the you know whatever whatever is is put in place in in the mm -hmm. name image likeness sphere i mean because there i think there's there's going to be something which yeah. we're all anticipating it's just to what extent they they let them capitalize on it um them being the players i, I think it is interesting in in a, a smaller area like a high point 
if you were to get a, a star player that comes through yeah. and you know, what it would, what it would, uh, the, the opportunities it would create for say like a, a local business person to, to, to go directly to the player in that case. Whereas, you know, at a, at a, a program like high point, it might be a business that would normally put those dollars into being yeah. a, a partner and a sponsor for the athletic program. Yeah. Well, well, Bobby had so many great players over the years. How many ACC freshman of the year, player of the years did you coach at Georgia tech? Man, you had Tom Hammonds, you had the Brick Price, you had uh, Mark, Mark Price. Price. Mark he was kind of he was kind of the first one, really. Yeah, Mark Mark Price was the first one. Kenny Anderson, uh, Kenny. Bruce Darrymple, Dwayne Farrell, uh, Stefan Marbury, Travis Bess. Wow. But you know, Tubby, um, I don't have to tell you. You know, Coach Roy did teach me that. He told me one time. He said, Bobby. Uh, the better players you have, the better coach you're going to be. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so recruiting was always a top priority for me okay. and my staff. And, and you always, Bobby, I, I like how you always sort of established, you mentioned being from New York, and, and you, you sort of established that as a, a pipeline. When did that come about? Was it just out of, out of you know, habit and just your instincts. You knew the 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 basketball landscape up there. Um, well, well always... great players like himself came from New York. Right. That's why. <laughs> well, it, that was easy. When I became the head coach of Appalachian State, um, I got on the phone and I started calling kids around North Carolina, and and nobody had any interest, <laughs> and I got real scared. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'm in trouble. What have I got myself into? So uh, Darren, Tubby knows this person very well. In New York, there was a scout, um, Howie Garfinkel. Howie Garfinkel. Yep, I know the name. And he had an assistant by the name of Tom Kachowski. Tom Kachowski. And so I called Tom, and I said, Tom, I'm in trouble. I'm flying to New York, and I've got six scholarships I could give out. And I, I'm asking you to take me around New York, and, and we'll – I'll give these scholarships to whoever you recommend. And there were a few tournaments going on. And so um, uh, Tommy and I went around to a few tournaments and I gave six scholarships away in New York to New York wow. kids. One of the kids was named Daryl Robinson. <laughs> and he became, a, uh, he was um, probably the greatest player ever to play at Appalachian. Yep. And he took us to the NCAA tournament. Wow. Another kid, Mel Hubbard, he was a great shot blocker. He was a high jumper, and I just saw him block a shot in one game. <laughs> and I gave him a scholarship for one block. <laughs> um, but what, what I learned is, uh, Darren, you got to go back to the area where people know you and trust you. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends in New York, and I had the Frank McGuire connection. And the high school coaches oh. knew that I played for Frank McGuire. One example at Malloy High School, Jack Curran was the head coach of Malloy High School. Coach Curran went to All Hollows High School where I went where you and went, played huh? for Frank McGuire at St. John's. Wow. Uh, Danny Buckley, Danny Buckley at LaSalle High School where Owens and Roach came from. Uh, he played for Frank McGuire. Yeah. So there was so many connections and the people, when I told them I was in trouble, uh, they really looked after me. They, because I was in trouble. 
and I took six kids and I brought them south. And when it snowed, Darren, when it snowed, those kids used to hide out in their room. They wouldn't come out. <laughs> boo, not, boo, not. Hey, one of the first games I played when I was, you got to, we went to Boone, North Carolina. I was here at High Point. They were they were NAI then or Division Two. Yeah. I'm not sure, but and they shoot they shoot that gun. They have the, the right. Mountaineer. That's so, right. So Bobby, I'm warming up like it's only two black you know black people in the whole gym. <laughs> <laughs> so it's myself and and um and Joe Colbert who was a he was a world he's a not a Vietnam veteran. He was hurting. He couldn't play. So we're warming up. And I go in for the layup line. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> they, try, they shoot that musket. <laughs> I hit the floor. <laughs> that's a, that's a true you. story, man. I, I'm telling you. I look. I couldn't. I know. I, I'm playing, looking up in the stands. Well, who's got a gun here? <laughs> I'm telling you. The first time I heard them shoot that gun, I jumped too. <laughs> I, I thought we could have a riot. <laughs> Tell me, but I don't know, about, but I was worried, you know, being a brother up there. I'm like, hey, come on, man. <laughs> this is in 1969. Hey, when, yeah. that, when they shot that gun off, boy, it was something. It's so That's loud. A great story. That's a great story. If you want to enjoy a great meal, head on over to Sweet Old Bills the next time you come see the Panthers play. Sweet Old Bills is located right off Main Street in High Point and is the official post-game meal for High Point University Athletics. Sweet Old Bills is also the proud home of the High Point Athletics Coaches Show, where you can catch Tubby Smith and other High Point head coaches every month. Sweet Old Bills, a proud supporter of High Point Athletics and the Tubby Smith Show. <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off of what Bobby was saying about going to where and who you know and tubby seeing as how you're still in it still recruiting here in the 2020 landscape i would imagine with things like you know youtube and you can see highlight packages for players i mean you've had to do it all yeah. summer all and finishing summer this round of recruiting without seeing players right. in person how do you think that's changed the need to sort of cling to what you know, um, you know, is it, is it stronger than it was before or less oh. so because of those factors? Well, we, Bobby and I, we both have been in the business long enough and I think people respect what we've done. We, we graduate our players, we've run good run. We've run good programs. We've really built programs. And so we can go to coaches, even in this pandemic where we can't be out, physically watching and evaluating players and with the YouTube and all the things today, we find what we signed, we signed four players this year that, yeah. that never really, that didn't do, a, didn't do an official visit. A couple of them did come to games during the season, but that's it. And so um, I'm not sure if this is going to be the way it's going to be in, in the future. You know, with, well, we haven't been able to go out uh, and we can't go out till after January. And I doubt they allow us out then. Right. So, so it might uh, even be one of those things where, where, where at least you, you're for right. You have the people that you know, you know, the people that trust that you trust, not so much that they trust you, but do you trust like 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 Bobby said, he Tom Kanchowski knew players up there. You know, the coaches the the, the the head coaches at the high school knew Bobby Crimmon. They trust him. They know he's a good person. They knew Frank McGuire. People vouch for him. And that's how you're able to 
to influence and persuade players. Plus, we've got a beautiful university here, High Point University. It's amazing, Bobby. You've got to come. You've been here. When's the last time you've been on this campus, Bobby? It's been a while, Tubby. Mm -hmm. um, you invited me last year. I, I didn't get there. Um, uh, but, you know, I want to get there. I really do. And um, I'm, I'm so happy people like you are still coaching. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I'd like to be out there with you. Yeah. I think, you know, experienced people like you, of course, Coach K, um, you've got Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, you got Cliff Ellis at Coastal yeah. Carolina, um, you got, of course, Jim Beheim. And when I see you guys coach, I sometimes think, you know, maybe, maybe I gave it up a little bit too soon. Mm -hmm. But I think um, it's yeah. great that you guys are coaching. And, um, and I, I enjoy, um, I pull for the old guys. <laughs> Good. Well, you, you know, I don't have anything against young coaches, but I was telling somebody before, who wins these championships? Who's winning them? Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, you know, Bobby, you've had teams in Final Four. Not many young guys. It's, the experience factor is a, is a major you – know, I was fortunate enough to get to a number of Sweet Sixteens and Final Four and Elite Eights. And um, – but there are a lot of young, outstanding coaches in this business. I know in our league alone, man, we've got this big South is talented players and some outstanding coaches. Yes, there are. It, I love watching young coaches who know what they're doing. To see, you know, I watched Tony Bennett when he first came into the ACC. And to watch what Tony has done has been great. Of course, I followed Georgia Tech very closely. Josh Pasture, you know, he had a good year last year. And he's got four starters back. Um, so I, I, I love to see coaches build programs. And, and, and I know it's tough, but I really enjoy watching the coaches. Right. Hey, Bobby, when am I going to have a chance to, to beat up on you in golf again? You know, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bobby. Yeah, well, hey, Bobby, was you know, it was Wittenberg and I and you? And who was, who was playing down in, in Augusta that time? Who were you playing with? It was, I know. Um, it was, um, I think Eddie Payne was. Eddie Payne. So, so Bobby goes, hey, black against white here. <laughs> During Wittenberg, I'm not sure if you guys didn't kick our asses, but it was, it was funny. Said, Who's going to play together? Who's going to play? Wit's, Wit's no, not bad. I've, I've been on the course with Wit before. He's pretty he's, good. He's pretty good. He was yeah. your assistant, right? No. At the time, Bobby. What, Bobby, I mean, uh. Yeah, Derek, Derek Wittenberg was my assistant at Georgia right. Tech. At Georgia right. Tech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's now, he works at hey. NC State. Yeah. But hey, uh, he, Dan, I got to tell you, Tubby Smith, can, he can hit a golf ball. Uh, We've been talking anymore. about, Tubby and I have been anymore. talking about it since like March that we needed yeah, to get Derek out there. Because got Bobby, it. I, I've yeah. been playing more often because, you know, you can only do but so many things. I'm geared up. I'm actually leaving this, the second we're okay, done recording you, this podcast. I'm going to go to you UNC. Playing? But, where are you playing? Uh, yeah, I'm playing at Finley at UNC. Okay. Good for you. Play well. Well, golf has saved a lot of people where yes. I live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a lifesaver for so many of us. I enjoyed going to the driving range probably as much as playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I only play a couple days a week, but I get outdoors, I get fresh air, and it's, it's just wonderful to get out, get out in the fresh air. Well, listen, yeah. Bob, no, we've I kept agree. you a long time, and I don't know anything else you want to address, any, any words of wisdom you can... For, no, no, I just <laughs> want to thank you guys for having me. 
um, you know, I still love the game very, very much. And the game has been great to me. And I, I try and get back in any way I can. And the most important, you know, Tubby, you know, the game has been great to you. And uh, we got to continue. We got to, we got to make sure that this game continues to be great for other, first of all, uh, student athletes and then coaches. Well, I, I appreciate you too, Bobby. Maybe you want to speak a little bit about how engaged and how involved you are with coaches versus cancer. Cause I know that you're, 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 you're doing a lot of things as you mentioned earlier, but I'm just, share with the audience out there some of the things yeah. that you've been engaged with. And, and Tubby, you've been great. You know, every, you come every year. But Tubby, you know, coaches used to be considered very selfish. And they didn't have time for, you know, uh, charity events. And Jim Beheim, Gary Williams, uh, Jim Calhoun, Norm Stewart, um, they started Coaches Versus Cancer. And the first time I got involved, the thing I loved the most was to see – the coaches give up some of their professional time in order for this charity, which has been unbelievable. Yeah. And that, that made me very proud of coaches knowing that, you know, we, we just were not, you know, always doing X's and O's and always recruiting that it, you know, that we did have a normal life and we do want to give back. Uh, coaching takes a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah. But when I hear that coaches are selfish and they, they got their own agendas, it really upset me. And then when I see coaches versus cancer, I see real coaches. Yeah. Well, you've been engaged, involved with it. And I know you, the Jimmy V Foundation, because you, yep. you were a friend of Jim Valvano. And when that all transpired, I know, and we, we try to do as much as we can. And I tell young coaches, man, the more you can get involved with, with uh, public service things and giving back to your community, that's what it's about. And in the end, uh, that, that's and too much is given, much is required, and I've I've always believed that. And my parents taught me that a long time. My dad, boy, the more you give, the more you receive, and he's so true. I, I it seems like Bobby, the more I more I do for others, and the more I give, whether it's for, you know of my time, of my financially, it comes back. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a great feeling. There's yeah. no question about it. And you said the key word, you know, part of the community. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you want to see, you got to, these coaches got to understand the whole pie. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, the, the university is just not basketball program. It's, a, it's all sports. And, and to be part of the entire school is a very important point. And to be part of the community is vital. Well, I've, I've, I've enjoyed this. This is, I mean, Tubby, I've yeah, told you. I've enjoyed being it. Able to, being, so. being able to hang out with a couple of, of uh, stewards of the game, I'll, I'll call you, and uh, you know, glean some sort of insight for uh, around about an hour. Bobby, we really do appreciate it. Can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, looking forward to the book coming out. I'll have to, we'll, we'll have to keep in touch for when that, when that happens. Okay. Guys, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It's still a beautiful world out here, Bobby, even though all the other stuff that, you know, that's just, <laughs> yeah. that's just, don't get caught up. I tell our players and people, just don't get caught up in it. Hey, love you. Hey, you've, always, you've always been positive, Katabi. That's the one thing I've always liked about you. You're well, very you. positive. You too, Bobby. That's why I, all right. I enjoy being here. You be good. Tell Carolyn again and say hello. Take care. Enjoy the grandbabies. I will. We'll see All right, you soon. take care, guys. Thanks. Sounds good. Uh, take care, Bobby.
Bye.